The meaning of alternative continues to shift and slide in an elusive manner in 2020. Camp seemed to be divided by the radio-friendly, borderline synth-pop chart-toppers and the scene-favorite trueborns that are unapologetically guitar-driven. Somewhere between those two steadfast systems is Wallows, a band with all the makings of an industry plant, with corporate notoriety due to Braden LeMaster's acting career and a pretty boy image, yet they straddle the line between something old and something new. The influences of yesteryear are obvious, but the push for new sonic engagement is clear. Wallows has dared themselves to be something different, and the shining product of their labor is 2018's Spring EP, a blistering six-track collection of passion, pain, and frustration. But above all else, it's an art school album. If today's show were a haircut, it would be a mullet, because we're going to go business in the front and party in the back today, because my guest is the one and only Maddie Roy, a co-ensemble member of our recent Second City production, No Bits in the Bedroom. Maddie Roy, how are you? I'm good. I want to know why I'm a mullet to you. What does that What does that mean? Why do you think of that for me? Well, you're not a mullet. The show is going to be a mullet, <laughs> because typically we do plugs at the end, which would be... Uh, uh, the business end of things, but we're flipping it around today because uh, we're going to talk about the show that we just created in troubling times, and then we will go to the rat tail of the mullet, the party end, if you will, and we will discuss mm-hmm. Wallow's EP, uh, the EP Spring, but let's talk about life for a second. First of all, I was trying to think today, it's like, okay, I've known Manny Roy for a long time now, but is that true? Do you remember the first time we met? Because I don't. I do. And I'm quite saddened that you don't. But actually, no, I don't think we ever had a one-on-one conversation with each other uh, up until Second City. But you were in my comedy theory. We, we definitely shared at least one class together. Because yeah. when Second so- City sent out an official email saying, this is who your family will be for the next 15 weeks, I was like, I, I know Maddie Roy. I know who that person is, but I knew your name and not your story. And then over the past 15 weeks, uh, we have come to become uh, quite close. Quite, uh, I, I have enjoyed your company, so I'm glad to finally have you on the podcast. So, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Second City, let's talk about it. What was that experience like for you? It was still the best semester of my life, even though I got fucked. I think, like, almost everybody who is in our group feels that way. But it was a wild ride. Like, I got really lucky. Um, I was just, like, getting real emotional because I was listening to the 1975's new song, Guys. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of the guys back at Second City. Like, I don't know. I, it's stupid because everybody is saying it all the time in our group but like i really really appreciate the opportunity to work with all you guys i think any song that could possibly remind you of both me and norm holly is a good thing (laughs) those are the guys that is the crew um (laughs) but yes 17 of us came into second city for a comedy study semester in january I, there were, what, five kids that didn't really know each other at all, and then kind of a cluster of, like, I had some really good friends there, you knew some people going in, and then by the end of it, through a pandemic, we were able to create a show that now lives on the internet at literally the longest URL I've ever seen, and that is not a shot of the people that created it, but it is 
It is Comedy Studies Spring 2020 Showcase.com, which reading it out loud it makes it sound even longer. But we created a show called No Bits in the Bedroom. Maddie, um, how do you how do you feel about it a week after it's been released? Well, I still am really proud to show it to people. Like there are some, obviously it's not going to be like SNL quality because we don't have, okay, no. I say that in terms of uh, like technology and stuff. I do think, and I'm not being like vain here. I do think it's better than the shit that SNL has been putting on for the past month because that's just so depressing to watch. It's really uh, a bummer. Have, <laughs> yeah. At least we have the mental capacity to create new content without millions of dollars pouring in. So I, I'm really proud of what we did. I was chatting with a lady on Bumble a few nights ago mm-hmm. with no intentions of ever meeting her in person because the thought of human interaction uh, physically grosses me out now because of the times we were living in. But I was trying to explain to her why I go to school, why I am wasting all of this money. And she was like, oh, well, you better be funny then. And I was like, well, okay, I have a portfolio of work. I might as well uh, get some exposure out of this at the very least, meaning my work. Uh, I did not send her Racist Jeopardy, which is a sketch that Maddie Roy wrote. Uh, it, yeah. is a, it is a sketch. Not all that, but it is that. <laughs> it, it is that. Uh, it is a sketch that when I watched it with my family, my dad thought it was so funny that he asked for a special link to it so that he could show his coworkers because <laughs> he liked it so much. Uh, I did show her a video from the show and she did not seem to love it, which hurt my feelings, but that's okay because we're living in, we're living in wild times. What was the question? What are you talking about? You showed her a video from the show. I I showed her. Oh, she showed her like, did not that one? Which video did you show her? I showed her my guacamole rant because I didn't use um, foul language in that one. And I liked the editing that former guest of the show, Jake Klingensmith, did on it. These are all up on the website. You can watch uh, my passionate thoughts on guacamole as well as Maddie's racist Jeopardy sketch all up at the longest URL ever. You are selling us really hard. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's kind of my job, Maddie. I'm a salesman, and I'm also a podcast host, and I'm the host of the Art School Albums podcast, where every week we curate the Ultimate Art School playlist track by track. And today we are talking about the Spring EP by the band Wallows. But before we do that, I need to know a little bit more about your musical upbringing, bands you liked as a kid, music and sounds that surrounded your childhood and your home growing up. What What was your first big foray into music? Uh, so... When I was a kid, the only real music taste that I had was whatever my mom would put on in the car, and that was a lot of classic rock. But main her favorites are Tom Petty, The Eagles, um, Bon Jovi, and Michael Jackson thrown in there. Uh, but so like, I had a good start. I fucking love Tom Petty still. Bon Jovi. Every single time my mom would put on um, Bad Medicine, I would think she it was saying Bad Madison, and I thought that was really funny because I'm Madison, if anyone didn't know that. Um, yeah, Michael Jackson is still one of my favorite not people music. <laughs> I don't like him. That's um, okay. We did an episode on Morrissey last week, so this podcast has been canceled uh, from here and back again. Michael Jackson is the least of our concerns now. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Do you associate yourself with this podcast now? Yeah. <laughs> this is good for your brand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a brand. It's just Not a yet. 
uh, so you're into uh, classic rock, you're into Michael Jackson. When do you feel like you took the first steps into defining your own music taste and branching off from whatever was just playing in the car? Um, well, ugh. middle school was weird. I tried to have my own music taste, but it was kind of like, well, my, my favorite songs <laughs> in middle school were Tonight Tonight by Hot Shell Ray and Get Lucky by Daft Punk. Um, so then I just called it quits on deciding my own stuff to listen to. I was like, okay, I'll just listen to the radio, I guess. So I didn't really have my own music taste until I left high school. And then the first big album that I got obsessed with was Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper, which is still my favorite album of all time. Did you attempt to go through a dubstep phase at any point, or was Daft Punk just the, the end-all be-all for you? Daft Punk was a one-night stand for me, <laughs> and I like. then I was just trying to listen to, like, I'm super insecure, and I just want to be like, so I was like, oh, listen to what everybody else is listening to, that's okay, guys, and that's that was just Q97.9 in Maine is the Ooh. cool kids station. <laughs> and what was the cool kids station playing? Do you, does any of that stick out in your mind or was it all just one big blurb? Oh, you know, it's Jason Derulo. Um, like just whatever pop was going on in high school. Like that, <laughs> the song that always sticks out for high school for me is the, I wish that I could be like the cool kid. Like, ew. Oh, the pumped up kicks, uh, foster the people. That's not the same. Oh no, song, no, 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 no. It's uh, echo Smith. It's echo okay. Smith. They're, yes. yes. They're but roughly like, the, the same song. song. <laughs> exactly. The songs that would play in forever 21 are just what I was listening to in high school. <laughs> As someone that worked across the mall from a forever 21 at one point, that is very accurate. Um, so you talked about coloring book by chance, the rapper, I remember the day that that album came out. That was a big day for me because I had a friend that was super into Chance the Rapper, and she was super excited to listen to Coloring Book. And that was also the same day that Modern Baseball's Holy Ghost came out, which I know that means nothing to you. It was a whole thing in my life that really defines a specific era of K-Slow. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to define eras in the life of Matty Roy. So Coloring Book, what struck you about that album? Why is it still your favorite album of all time? Well, um, I hadn't even heard that much about Chance the Rapper until I moved here because uh, I was only listening to Spotify and the radio and he was on neither of those and then you know obviously he's from here so people were talking about him and I decided one day to look him up on YouTube and there are still just like some illegal versions of his music up Um, so I was listening to Acid Rap first and I was like oh wow this is really cool I remember one night I was taking a walk along the river walk and the sun was setting and I was listening to acid rap and I was like, this is going to be a good journey for me. So then, uh, I found like a few days later, I thought that was the only album he had acid rap. And then a few days later, I found coloring book somewhere on the secret web. And I was like, so excited that he had more stuff. So I just laid on my bed and I like closed my eyes and I put my headphones in and I listened to the whole thing. And wow. Like, what an album there's only one song that i skip on that whole album and like that's just lyrically i think it's one of the most artistic and and, like unique albums i've ever listened to um but also the fact that he just uses like gospel music in the background of his songs like i'd never heard anything like it before so i'm still obsessed with it 
I remember the first time I heard acid rap, I was in a Zoomies, and I was like, what is this sound? What is this? Um, And I Shazammed it, because I'm blown away by the Shazam technology, the fact that they have every song ever that you could just hold your phone up and it will tell you what it is. I was like, oh, Chance the Rapper, a bunch of kids at school that bully me listen to him, but this is good. (laughs) I'll give it a shot. And then from there, I got super into acid rap, right around the time that Coloring Book was coming out, and then I just remember Coloring Book being a thing. But you mentioned the influence of gospel music. Is that something you have any interest in, or do you just like the way it's incorporated into that album? I love the way it's incorporated into that album, but I also like it. Okay, a very weird thing. Even though um, Lewis and Maine is like 70% white and 30% Somali, our uh, music teacher always had us sing like slave songs. Great publicity for me. I'm sure that'll come back later on in my life, a video of me singing, <laughs> you know, that good news. And like, but so I like got to, grew, grew to love gospel music cause I would hear it and sing it all the time in choir. Um, so I, and also I'm Catholic. I wish that I was Christian so I could enjoy better music, but I, church still is in there somewhere for me. So every once in a while, I'll be at uh, mass because I am Catholic as well, and I'll hear a song. I'm like, you know what, guys, this is good. Every That's like so- every eight songs, I'm like, guys, this one's all right. This one works for me. Did God write this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like who is behind all of this, Maddie? <laughs> Uh, I asked you to be on the podcast. I said, send me a list of albums you'd like to talk about. Um, on the list, you had Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book. Um, you had the album we're about to talk about. You also had Fine Line by Harry Styles on there. So I ask you, do you just like having pretty men sing to you? Is that how you would describe your music interest? Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's that's secondary, I'd like to say. But is it i don't know <laughs> i would i firmly believe i would still love harry styles even if he was ugly as hell even if it was job of the hut's body with harry styles voice uh but i i love fine line look i got a tattoo you can't see it's a podcast uh it's a little rose on my left forearm because harry styles also has a rose on his left forearm i haven't even i didn't even like one direction growing up i specifically decided to not like them because uh I just thought that would be cool, like a cool thing for me to do. And it wasn't. It just made me less popular than it already was. Oh, I understand that completely. (laughs) (laughs) That's big case low energy. Yeah, I love having that attached to me. Um, How are you handling yourself? What, three days after the Watermelon Sugar video was released? Are you doing okay? I'm doing great, man. My life has improved so much. Not, I, I played that video over and over so many times. Oh, man. You guys got to watch it if you haven't seen it. Maddie, I once saw you at about 10 o'clock in the morning on, I believe, a Wednesday do a rousing rendition of Maroon 5's Won't Go Home Without You uh, in a karaoke-style version. You are the biggest karaoke queen I know, um, what You're goes not in Talia Ginsburg in that? I'm, I'm not including Talia Ginsburg in that because 
uh, I'm just not, which is maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to rectify that. But you are the person that comes to mind when I think of karaoke, because the version of Maroon 5 that you, you did for us for our ensemble at Second City was so moving. And it's like how I like the soundtrack to my last semester there is like Maddie singing Maroon 5. That's what I think of. Karaoke, is that something you enjoy? Because you do a little bit of singing yourself, including in No Bits in the Bedroom. It's true. I uh, I do love karaoke. I actually wanted to be a singer for a long time. Uh, not like later in high school, but I I started singing. Like actually, my, the first uh, like public singing thing I did was a talent show in sixth grade where I sang "Man in the Mirror" by Michael Jackson. And I and also holds up. Yes, it tracks. <laughs> and uh, I also like tried to sing the the backup parts like at the same time. Cause I didn't understand back then, but yeah, I, I thought I was going to be a singer for a long time. Now I understand. And I'm just, I just like doing karaoke and funny songs with Amy. I just finished recording that indie song, the really bad indie song today. So I'm excited about that. That is, that is something I was not going to bring up because I had forgotten about it, but about a week ago, Maddie <laughs> sent a playlist in the group chat, uh, <laughs> titled the worst indie music i've ever heard and she's like guys isn't this playlist so funny and i clicked on it and it was all bands i at one point passionately loved it was like my junior year of high school of adult mom and a band called Crywank, and like i was surprised that there wasn't like teen suicide or cyberbully mom club in there but it was all like deeply personal music to me and man it's like doesn't this stuff suck let's make fun of it and it was jarring what's so bad about all those songs <laughs> okay uh Crywank specifically i was just like come on bro because like there's there's like almost no there, no melody it's just him like i'm upset and like, objectively I, good musical choices by the way <laughs> melody overrated concepts true i think you'll really like the indie song that we made then oh <laughs> that's excited. what i like to hear so let's <laughs> shift into wallows when did they come into your life only at around this time last year actually um obviously i was acquainted with Clay Jensen from 13 Reasons Why, who is Dylan Minnette, the lead singer of Wallows. Uh, but I, it was sort of a funny thing. Like it started out as kind of like a joke. My roommate, Marissa, uh, likes them the best. And uh, she was like, do you know Clay Jensen has like a band? And I was like, what, that's so stupid. But then like we were listening to their music and I really, I really enjoy their sound. They're very easy to listen to. I started listening to them on my own. Um, and like, they're pretty recent. They only started making music under the name Wallows in like 2017, which I like, I've never been like on board with the band, like when they first started and like ride it all the way through because they're getting pretty popular now. So I, I love Wallows. Wallows represents like a thing happening in music right now that I don't entirely I don't entirely know how it exists or how it will end up manifesting itself but I'm very intrigued by it and I will use a term that will sound insulting to the band but I really don't mean it as such but they along the likes of like a 1975 are hitting on this pretty boy indie rock thing that I think the Strokes had at the turn of the century to an extent, but a band like Wallows or a band like the 1975, the music is a little more poppier, it's a little more pretty, and the people in the bands are obviously very good looking. 
and I'm very intrigued by it because you're right. Wallows is a newer band. They've been making music together since 2011, but since 2017, they've been under the Wallows name. And I had heard of them, but like most of the bands in that scene, I had largely ignored them up until, you know, you kind of ran down a list for me. I was like, well, Wallows has been on my radar. Let me give that a shot. I think this would be a fun thing to do. And, you know, this EP is six songs. I will say up front that I really enjoyed most of the stuff on here. The EP came out April 6, 2018. So, Maddie, what are you doing in April of 2018, just to give us some more cultural context? Oh, what is that? 2018? That was my sophomore. Ew, ew, that was a bad time. Because, like, I didn't discover the... I I wasn't listening to that music at that time. I was at uh, the George Washington University um and uh just having a, an awful time that was the worst year of my whole life and i had decided to come back to columbia um because i didn't want to do politics anymore i wanted to do comedy instead and uh yeah so de- literally i i didn't know about wallows then i'm glad i know about them now my life has improved i don't know if there's a correlation or a causation but <laughs> i'll tell you, i'll take it I did not know it was going to result in what were you doing in your life with the answer being it was the worst year of my life. (laughs) I'm glad things have straightened out since. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're in Chicago uh, because uh, we are happy to have you here and we are happy to be breaking down the Wallow Spring EP, which begins with the song Ground, which to me jumped out immediately as like, oh, yes, this is the band I thought they were. It's very melodic. Um, I felt like the drums were very reminiscent of a 21 pilot song or something in that regard, something else that I would lump into this pretty boy indie pop genre that's going on. Maddie, how how do you feel about the opening track? I Ground is one of my, it's not like the first thing that I'll think of when I think of this band, but I do think it captures their sound pretty well. And I think it's a good opener. Like it's easing you in to some of the stronger sounds. Uh, a lot of, wallows music like it doesn't all sound the same which i appreciate but it does have the same kind of vibe with a few standouts and this is just one of them that i'm like okay yeah wallows song standard uh this band has songs featured on spotify playlists such as bedroom pop late night vibes and TikTok Music 2000. maddie which of those playlists do you think you would find yourself listening to the most Can you repeat those titles again? I would be more than happy to. It is Bedroom Pop, Late Night Vibes, and TikTok Music 2000s. I'm going to go with Late Night Vibes, Case. I I tend to listen to shitty playlists like that all the time. This does have kind of a, and I like the song, and I will say that. This band gives me a rosé all day type of vibe to it. (laughs) I feel like the next wave in their fan base is very into Target mugs, unironically. And I do, that's kind of, I think, the next step for bands like this is when do they cross over into, or, you know, because I think the 1975 and 21 pilots have, but a band like this, are they a band that could be played on Top 40 radio? I mean, it doesn't seem impossible. They were on the Spotify Viral Global 50 charts at one point. So that would seemingly be the next step. I think Ground is a strong start to the album, but I think the following track, It's Only Right, 
is a wonderful display of this band's capabilities. Maddie, where do you stand on the second track on the EP? Only Right is one that I don't listen to a whole lot, but, uh, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's shorter. I think it encapsulates. I think you're right. Like it, if you're trying to tell somebody like basically what Wallows is, you should refer them to this song and they'll get like most of the, the rest of the songs. What jumped out to me was in the opening track, they make a reference to Boys Don't Cry, which is a song by The Cure. This song, the instrumentation of it, feels very much like an evolved form of whatever alternative music was taking place, especially in the 80s and kind of a post-punk power pop sense, a band like The Cure at times. And, it, you know, it's a real conversation in the music industry right now of what is alternative? What does alternative mean? Because I feel like, in a way, the term indie has just become the new alternative where indie no longer means music released by independent artists it's just a sound that is associated with it so when i say alternative music just you know word association what do you think of with a term like that um okay i i think of a sound i don't know if this will make sense to you but like um this bluish gray color that defines a vibe of like the sound whenever I hear indie and I can just our alternative I can just identify it really quick and I see that color in my mind I'm like oh yeah this is kind of like like a cloudy day or something like a person who doesn't talk to a whole bunch of people but is still pretty chill like yeah alternative is just not super poppy that's all does it pass a vibe check it does indeed, uh, for, for the most part. At least it does with Wallows, for sure. There's some alternative music where I'm like, all right, get over yourself, like stop whining. I think this is the best song on the EP. This is what? one that as soon as I heard, I, I've had it uh, on repeat the entire day. And as I've gone back and listened to each of these songs to prepare for this podcast, this is the one that out of all of these... I'm like, damn, this is really, really good. I think the chorus is unique. I think it's catchy. Like I said, I think the instrumentation is really, really strong. And I I just struggle with a band like this. And part of it is my own biases if they are just so, although sonically they're not that different than a normal band I would listen to, the image and the label they're on and the way they're presented is so cataclysmically different than the scene that I tend to associate myself in sort of this pop punk emo bullshit sort of scene. Um, But Wallows has an undeniable talent there. And I really, really like that. And I think we start to see uh, a bigger evolution in sound as we go into Let the Sun In, which incorporates trumpets, which are really nice. It feels like it's a very peaceful kind of song on track three. Do you agree? Let the Sun In is my favorite song on this uh, EP because I think it just perfectly encapsulates the, well, the title, Spring, and like just the feeling of, um, you know, when it's like March or April and you have one day that's like 70 degrees and you're just so grateful for the warmth and the sun, but you know, it's like not going to last very long. Uh, the trumpets and just like the slow kind of breezy way that the song has about it is perfect to me. It's super unique. 
I think it's often a lazy comparison when people draw conclusions to the artist I'm about to mention when they're discussing a style like this, because he's, you know, arguably the face of indie music right now. And I think it can be a little passe when his name gets thrown into the conversation. But listening to this song, to me, it sounded very much like a Mac DeMarco song. And I don't know if that registers with you at all. I don't know what your relationship with Mac DeMarco is, but that was my big takeaway from this. I haven't listened to Mac DeMarco, but I will now because I really like that sound. So I could see Matty Roy being super into Mac DeMarco now that I think about it. That's kind of one that makes sense. And if I see you in September in Chicago and you're like, you've been listening to a shit ton of Mac DeMarco. I'm like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Because we won't speak again after this until September. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm deleting your number. I, it's, uh, you know, once <laughs> once I have you for the podcast, our relationship is finished. Uh, you me for the podcast. <laughs> I will say this, Maddie. You are someone uh, who is pretty and you are in a big city. When you are interacting with men, which ugh, I know, but do you often find men to be mansplaining music to you in any sense? Is it a bad thing when a man brings his music into your life? No, I that one of the things that I love the most about like getting to know someone new, like if I'm starting to date somebody, is like sharing music with them. And especially I love trying to make playlists for them based on what I think they would like. And I love it when they do the same thing for me. Like I don't, the only time it's irritating for me when men try to mansplain music for me is like when it is mansplaining, when it's like, Oh, I love this person. And you're like, and they're like, well, yeah, but like, this is how you should feel like, Hmm. I think I am smarter than you. (laughs) If a man sends you a playlist with a bunch of music on it, are there any red flags that you're aware of? Like if, and this is all purely hypothetical, of course, but if a man were to send you a, a crywank song, would that draw concern? Sorry, Case, but that would draw a big concern for me. <laughs> I don't want, I, if it's like, because I've had so many, no, not so many. I've had a couple of like bad indie boyfriends who <laughs> like really love um, and hate themselves at the same time. And they, they just love wallowing in self-pity. And, uh, they make a whole personality out of being depressed. And sometimes music like that, I associate with those kind of people. So, you know, if they prove themselves to be good, I could, uh, maybe I could take the cry wink. I don't know. That's a big ask. <laughs> what, I, I will ask you this just from the female perspective. What do you think it is about the men that wallow in self-pity that that becomes their personality? Like you said, why do you think that is? Because I see it, with my contemporaries, my fellow gendered men, and I don't like it either. I don't think I am a part of that. I think I like a lot of the same music they do, but the way I manifest my emotions is different. But I, I was going to ask this, and you kind of brought it up, like the the indie boyfriend has become a stereotype, and it is one that is painfully true at times. Yeah. Um, I think it's because they understand, and it works to a certain extent until it gets really bad but like that it's kind of appealing for some girls to want to fix you or like be like oh wow he's so like misunderstood but I can understand him um and no you can't because he's just a piece of shit (laughs) there's not that much to understand (laughs) 
These Days is track four on the EP. This song has 41 million streams on Spotify as of the recording. And I have to be honest, I'm not sure if I understand why. This is the song that I was like, eh, this is there, I guess. Yeah, I feel the same way about these days. Like, I do, I can get it stuck in my head because it's got that, like, you know, the little whistle in the background or whatever that is. And it's kind of one that you just, like, bob your foot to or something. But it's not a distinctive, in my opinion. I still like it, for sure. But I'm not going to be, like, talking to people about it. No, never. Oh, my God. No, not these days. <laughs> I this is I, I'm very intrigued by this song's popularity and I, and unfortunately I didn't do enough research to know if maybe this was in a show that caught on and maybe that's why it's so popular I do not know all I know is that if I was going to introduce say a group of alphas to wallows this is not the song I'm starting with because I I am around people that are looking for new sounds and alternative and indie music. And a lot of what they dislike is this prettier sound that the band can produce. And I think there are songs, whether it be let the sun in or it's only right, or even ground where, you know, if you corner somebody enough and you make them be honest with you, are like, all right, no, it's good. It's good. I don't know if, if this song has, if these days has this appeal but maybe I'm just out to lunch because the world seems to love it. But I'm glad that you validated my opinion, at least. Yeah, and maybe it's just so popular because it's, uh, I don't know, something that's easy to have on in the background, I guess. I have said background music is the biggest insult you can give music because music... Well, I mean, it's not that bad. I still like the song. It's just like a regular song. It's a regular song, exactly. And you weren't, you weren't referring to this as background music, but if I was an artist, and I'm not, but if I was and somebody was like, oh, it's so nice. I could just have it on in the background. I would be like, that sucks. I want my music in the forefront of your mind. I want you to be thinking of this song with intensity when you hear it. And I don't feel like these days is the one. But I also prefer a lot of screaming in my music. And I don't think you do. No, I don't. I'm not as angry as you, Case. I'm not an angry person. I just like angry men. <laughs> what was it that... Somebody said like earlier in the semester, like a defining thing about you is that you're you're always like, I'm not angry. <laughs> There's a lot of that. There's a lot of me telling people uh, how I'm feeling and yet my actions contradict those feelings. <laughs> it's a lot of me banging my hand on the table and going, guys, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> and luckily my inner circle has just learned to ignore me, which is the best thing you can do. You could say when I get angry, it can be horrific, much like uh, the type of the next song 1980s horror film maddie this song is pretty spooky would you agree the song rocks this song is funny as fuck um but i technically i like 1980s horror film too better just it's the exact same song but it has like better instrumentals in the background but um this if you listen like this is one that you should pay attention to the lyrics too because it, it like will sound just like a regular song but it's like a really funny story i think it's a very enjoyable song. The last lines of the song are, and then she said, I'm really not that into guys, which is after the song about courtship and being romantic and such. And then she uh, flips it around on the guy at the end there. And I have never had that rejection. I am yet to, um, 
accidentally attempt to convert somebody and their sexuality, not yet at least, but I still felt the end of this song in my core and it made my bones rattle. It somehow was relatable. Yes, it's such a gut punch. Like, I haven't had that happen to me either, but like, because he's taught, he's going in, you're hearing like his inner thoughts while he is, well, the story is like this girl invites him over to watch a 1980s horror film with him. And the whole time he's like overanalyzing because uh, he's sitting on the bed and she's sitting in a chair and should he touch her hair? Like, is it time to make his move? And then he's like, wow, yeah, I feel like so strong. Could you feel this way too? And then she's like, oh yeah, I'm not that into guys. Like, it's like, oh, I feel that so hard. Yeah, it sucks um, as someone that has <laughs> been in said positions where I maybe go out with a girl. I'm like, guys, they're like, this is like, I'm telling myself, like, no, this is like, this is going fine. But like, you need to do more. You need to like, you need to be better. You need to be funnier. <laughs> I stand by the foot rub because I went out with that girl another two times and it was a good foot rub. That's one of my few talents on earth. But 1980s horror film is quite the track. And because we're discussing an EP today, we're already at the end of the album. As we move into track six, which is Pictures of Girls, obviously my favorite song because it's about a topic I love, which is Pictures of Women. But Maddie, how do you feel about it? This one's a headbanger for sure. It like ups the energy of the album. Um, I do think it rocks. The lyrics are pretty... Pretty cool. Uh, I get I get that line stuck in my head a lot from the song "The You Should Be Down in Hollywood" because it's just like, ooh, yeah, okay, I love the song. Yeah, they played this on the Late Late Show with James Corden, uh, which goes to show their notoriety. But as Maddie said, it's an impactful closer. It brings the energy. I think the drums in this song are really, really strong. It's just a consistent pounding beat that uh, I think dives a little bit more into the Indian alternative side of things that I tend to enjoy a little bit more. It's a little bit more aggressive in its approach, and then it has the repeating lines, as Maddie said, which I think ultimately are, it's probably a good way to summarize this band is there is this dreamy pop sound to it that I think young people, regardless of gender or orientation, I think they can find themselves getting wrapped up in their hopes and dreams with this as the soundtrack behind them. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, honestly. Um, the the dreaminess of it, and I, I think they're just so easy to like because their sound, it's soft, but it's not boring. And although the, their music all has a very similar energy to it, the songs are still distinct. Like, I, I can tell them apart and I'll remember specific lines or like what they're about. And I, I just really admire the balance they've been able to strike. And I think that's why so many people like them. I think your point there about it's soft, but it's not boring is exactly what makes this band, I think, worth listening to. Because, you know, I complain a lot of times to an empty void because no one wants to listen to me when I'm going on this ramp. But of, you know, just the artists that tend to garner radio play or that gather critical acclaim a lot of it is this very soft stuff where I'm like yes it's pretty like this is nice but I feel like I'm I'm looking at facts that I'm not feeling any emotion like yes this song is pretty but who cares what about it and there's an emotional pull to this EP it's not necessarily the most narrative structure songs Um, it's not any great feats of storytelling but 
I was unfamiliar with this band going in, and now I care about this band. Now they are on my radar. They are a group I want to listen to more of in the future. So, Matty Roy, I ask you, Spring EP by Wallows, if you had to give this a rating out of 10, what number are we throwing on this bad boy? I'm going uh, 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. I think I think for an EP, I think that's a very fair assessment. And Maddie, I ask you, who needs to hear this album and why? Oh, who needs to hear this album and why? Okay, I think actually people like you need to hear this album. People and- like me, describe people like me. Yes, uh, angry, not angry. In, I'm putting quotes around my head right now. <laughs> uh, like late teen, early 20s boys who feel misunderstood or alone and like guess guess what all these guys are like you know they're pretty and they're well off and uh they they have their own problems too but this is just a way that i feel guys like you can just relax about it you know why don't you just not listen to screaming for a little bit it'll be okay buddy Well, I am triggered. Um, that <laughs> felt strangely personal, but I'm glad I asked the question. I did my journalistic duty. Uh, Maddie Roy, once again, you're in no bits in the bedroom. Is there anything from this show? We've mentioned racist Jeopardy, but is there is there anything from this show that you know you think about like, man, I'm really proud of that, or I'm really happy with the way this came together, or even something that you're not involved in where you're like, man, that was really funny. What should people check out from our Comedy Studies Showcase? Okay, well, it's not in the actual showcase, but in the more section. I actually like my woke harassment sketch better than the Jeopardy sketch, but Norm likes being racist and weird, so he made me put Jeopardy in instead. But yeah, I would like it if more people saw woke harassment because my dad and my brother are acting in it and they're in women's clothes and my brother has like oranges as his boobs. It's pretty awesome. The height of comedy, as we know, is cross-dressing, so go check out Woke Harassment. Uh, That is the big takeaway from this podcast, that Maddie can't get enough of that. Uh, But Maddie, is there anything else you want the people to know, anywhere you want the people to find you, any more work you want the people to know about? Get your plugs in now while you've got the chance. Well, I just, like, published the website for all of us. It's called Vorgang, and it's the... What's it called again? Spell that for me. Four gang. It's v o r e g a n g dot weebly dot com because I don't have enough money to pay for a domain name. But that's like all of the people who are in the showcase. That's where we are gonna like that. Like a lot of our other content is gonna be put there and like other plugs. So if you want to know more about us, you should go to there. Maddie Roy, thank you for joining me on the podcast. As always, I am on both Twitter and Instagram at underscore Case Low, C-A-S-E-L-O-W-E, and the podcast itself can be found on Instagram at Art School Albums. And I thank you for listening to the Art School Albums podcast. This has been Wallow's Spring EP.